0: Temp check. How are you going to know who gets you if people send you the same generic conversation starters they message everyone else? Conversations that actually help you get to know each other. Imagine that. Get who gets you on eHarmony. Sign up today.
1: Mark Striegel,
0: John Astronomy,
1: the Talking Metal Podcast. Coming Coming to to you from the Silver Spacecraft. I'm Bud Friendly. Here's your hosts, Mark and John.
2: Hey, guys, that was Cross-Eyed Mary by Iron Maiden. That was a Jethro Tall cover.
3: Yeah, guys, thanks so much for joining us. We had a, a little uh, difficulty getting uh, getting the live stream going tonight, but we are rolling 30 minutes late, so thanks for your patience and thanks for joining us. We're doing something kind of special tonight. We got Bud Friendly, John Astronomy, Mark Striegel all hanging out here with the Bionic Guys. Jay, Jay Bones, our friend, is here rolling... Video and what we're going to do is we're going to hopefully edit this all together into a TV pilot, self-financed TV pilot, and we'll see what happens with it. At the very least, I think it'll end up on on YouTube. Who knows, maybe right. somewhere else. So, having said that, again, we may be stopping, we may be resaying lines. We what you're hearing is, are I guess you'd call them the raw takes, right? Right, exactly. Yeah. And for all of you guys who had been familiar with
2: some of our other shows that's how we would do it. Sometimes we would stop and would start over and would retake a line, and uh, we're going to do that for you guys, and what you're going to hear tonight is something really special. It's the the behind-the-scenes uncut version. A little
1: behind-the-scenes.
2: Yeah,
3: behind-the-scenes that was bug friendly version of how to shoot
1: a TV show.
3: Yeah, and I just listed the uh, the phone number in the studio here in the forums. In about 10 minutes, we'll be open to taking your calls. Um, So, let's do it up. Let's start the show. Let's start the uh, the tv show version of of what we're doing here tonight right now with bud friendly whenever you're ready sir
1: attention humanoids the silver spacecraft has landed and its occupants are hungry for rock this is talking metal and now your hosts mark and john Hey, John, how are you? I'm doing great, Mark. Thank you,
2: Bud Friendly.
3: Yes. For you guys who don't know what Talking Metal is, it is a heavy metal, hard rock show that John and I have been doing since 2005. We've done it in numerous different formats. It's probably most famous as a podcast. Right. We are one of podcast? Yeah, one of the original heavy metal, hard rock podcasts. I still think we're one of the most popular, most listened to podcasts, if not the most listened to. Right. So it has been great bringing you guys metal. We've had everybody from Ozzy Osbourne to Rob Halford to Ace Frilly to Iron Maiden. Everybody's been on the show uh, at Six. some point, with the exception of Metallica, who we hope to get at some point. Nikki Six, yeah. Zach
2: Wilde. I mean, just about everybody. Exodus,
3: Slayer, Dream Theater. Tons of great bands. Absolutely. And right now, we're going to get into a little music, and we're going to come right back at you guys with a little... Talking Metal, Talking Iron Maid. How about that, John? I think it sounds great, Mark. Let it go. Why don't we start things off with one of my favorite, favorite guitar players who I was just devastated this week to hear that he is definitely battling cancer. This is a a twofer. Cool. Yeah, twofer of Tony Iommi. Let's start off with a little holy water. Gillen Iommi, and we'll follow that up by a song called Nightmare with Black Sabbath. And we're going to come back and talk a little Iron Maiden with you. Our best go out to Tony Iommi in these trying times, I guess, for, uh, for Mr. Iommi and Black Sabbath.
1: And we're back with Talking Metal. Buckle up. Here's Mark and John. How are you? Thank you, bud, friendly. I'm doing good.
3: Just had a slice of pizza. We are shooting our pilot, our TV pilot here tonight. So, guys, bear with us. Thanks for joining us, as always. The studio line is open, by the way. We have the number posted in the Talking Metal forums. We'd love to hear from you guys. Um, maybe I should give the number too. Yeah, you let's yeah. give it to him
2: in case anybody's listening and they're not on the forums. Yeah,
3: let me. Uh, it's two one two. I think it's five seven five. And I don't know the other four numbers. Yeah, <laughs> anybody
2: know the phone number here? Two one two. Two one two. Five seven five.
3: Three zero four
1: six. Thank you, Nate. Yeah, that is Nate from Bionic. He's working. That's his, two one uh, two five, five seven go. five three zero four six. Any bud friendly groupies out there? Buds, babes, call please call. <laughs> any, very any, good, you? Very good. Thanks, uh, bud. Come it. on, ladies. So
3: we are shooting the pilot. He's a we're very having... powerful and attractive I'm, I'm, man. Wait, I'm waiting. Yes. Yeah. We are shooting the pilot, but we're having some problems with the uh, one of the cameras. Right, yeah. Jay. Yeah. Still, yeah okay. we have like so let's talk about Van Halen here. Yeah. Let's talk about Van Halen. The new single we mentioned. Uh, uh, yeah. That uh, Tony Iommi uh, is sick with cancer, which we're wow. very sad about. But next topic is Van Halen, new song out. Yeah. And checked out the video. What do you think?
2: I love the song. I think it's really great. It's called Tattoo. I think David Lee Roth is great.
1: And I love Eddie's guitar sound. Um, that chubby girl they have on bass has to go, though. <laughs> yeah. Wolfgang Van Halen. I tell you, it's like... She's it's, she's she's not up to the snuff.
3: Yeah, I tell you, you know, it's like, I, you know, I relate. I, I got two kids of my own, and, and I'm a musician, uh, so... uh not to compare myself to Eddie Van Halen, but you know, although technically <laughs> there's there's more Van Halen in Van Halen than ever before. Yeah, yeah. and the thing is, I, I understand how uh, what you know the 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 bond between father and son, wanting your your boy in the band. But on 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 the flip side, I do uh, I have nothing against uh, Wolfgang, but I do feel that. I don't know. He's not even trying. You know, he as far have, as the look goes, right? The I'm rock talk, star, and, and, and let's right. let's face it. You call me a poser or whatever, but Van Halen was a band about sounds, innovating new sounds and innovating new looks. And and whether they they don't like it, but they were a big. Part of of what brought in the whole Sunset Strip, right, right. You know, Without glam a metal yeah. mm-hmm. scene, and David right. Lee Roth hates hearing that. Mm-hmm. But come on, you
2: yeah. Know, I mean, David Lee, know, Lee Roth was one of the first, like you know, yeah. long haired, blonde haired looking rockers that set the the stage for like the Brett Michaels, and yeah, the, I, the and the I like mean, that.
3: and and you know the Vince Neils, right, Vince Bret, Neal, the Brett Bret Michaels. Michaels, the the even Janie Lane, and and there was yeah. that great quote from. Axel when he was on the uh, Eddie Trunk show, one of the few interviews, the one of the two interviews. I think he's only done two-, two. Axel's interviews. done like two interviews in the past 20 years, both have been with Eddie Trunk. Okay. But the first of those two, which was more of a hang in the studio with Eddie, uh, Axel was telling a story about. I think it was him and Sebastian Bach hanging out at some place like the Rainbow and and David Lee Roth went up to them and said, uh, you guys are just imitators to the throne wow. or something something to that matter. <laughs> Need to, need to Google that and check my facts. But it was something like that, which is wow. is, is pretty amazing. So anyways, they do have a, a new song out, a new tattoo, which I'm being told is based on an old song called well, uh, Down. Called? Mm, see, that I don't know. Now, what I do know is this,
2: is that when Van Halen played the one-off gig at Cafe Wa down in the uh, village area just uh, about a week ago, um, they played a song that was called... Uh, She's the Woman, and that song was on the Gene Simmons demo that he cut with Van Halen back in 1976, so that's pretty interesting. They're bringing back a real old song, one of the songs that Gene produced for Van Halen, and I'm talking about Gene Simmons of Kiss, uh, produced that, and uh, I'm not sure... uh, uh, Certain people may not know this, but most people in uh, the rock and roll world know that Gene Simmons discovered Van Halen back in the day.
1: Yeah.
3: Or or uh, some sort yeah, of he I mean, NBA. I think a lot of people were on to him. They were filling the clubs, right. but he was one of the first like big superstars to kind right. of take them under his wing. And this is that song. I actually have a bootleg of the, uh, of the, the Gene Simmons demos. Uh, She's the the woman. I believe this, although this may be this is off of a bootleg record called "That's All, Folks." Yeah, Gene oh, okay. Simmons. Yeah, this is the Gene Simmons de- produced demo of "She's the Woman," which apparently will be on the new Van Halen. Nate, if you could crank up the uh, lap- laptop here. Yeah. Yeah. So leave the mics live if you if you will, Nate. Yeah. Cool. So this is a uh, again a bootleg. Probably recorded in, what, 76, 77? 76. yeah. But on the Van Halen tip, and, you know, if we get Todd Youth in here later, I don't know if he's going to come by or not. It was uh, thought he might. Todd Youth, of course, plays with Ace Frilly right now. We need to ask him about this. But this 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 new Van Halen single, now this is... That's called Tattoo. Yeah, this is 20, what, 35 years after what you just heard. is called Tattoo. And I guess there's some talk that this was potentially an old Van Halen song from back huh. in the day, reworked. And some people are even, a guy texted me, uh, John uh, Simpson actually, and he thinks it sounds like Shock Me by Kiss. You
2: know what, there's a, there's a chord change in there. It's one of the primary chord changes that uh, is a, the same two chord, like the interval between the two chords is the same as like uh, the kind of the main riff in Shock Me. So I see where he's hearing that. I just think it's a great song. I think that the riff is a little more basic than I initially would have thought that it would have been thinking, you know, what's New Van Halen going to sound like? But I love it. It's, it's kind of a simple riff with um, actually some, I would say like a lot of the guitar playing reminds me of... And this is going to sound totally crazy, but I'm just uh, explaining this to you doesn't the uh, the lead the opening lead kind of little shout at the devil McMars-y, Yeah, let's uh, check it, it out go. let's check it out right now. You'll hear what I mean let's see Just that stompy kind of down no not even that 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 high lead playing that he's doing right there that right here.
3: Yeah, no, I, I hear what you're yeah. saying definitely. Like if you hear at the end I you're I will, shot at the I will devil. start off by saying I don't like the vocal intro. It reminds me oh, of that, skyscraper, the oh, second okay. uh, David Lee Roth solo record. Um, not including When I EP, I'll have to give you
2: my honest truth uh, honest here opinion go. here.
3: This sounds cool. Yeah. I've listened to this song Literally about 50. I don't times. think it sounds like Shock Me myself. Yeah. It's just, uh, it's sh- yeah, Shock just Me that, would be like faster. Right. Just uh, a, uh, the, there's
2: uh, like an uh, interval there that's the same. But I love the song. I listen to it. I swear about 50 times today in headphones. And I just think it's a great song. I like the lyrics. I like it's very really simple words. And uh, I think they really have the David Lee Roth vibe written all over. It. I
0: think it's great. <laughs>
1: I, I would say that I, I probably watched the uh, Valerie Bertinelli uh, Systems commercial 50 times
3: today <laughs> if you know what I'm saying I like that I know what you're saying definitely now uh, the craziest thing John and I were at a Van Halen show out in LA uh, yeah. what was that two, late 2007 seven yeah we're, and we're, we're standing out hanging out with our, our good buddy Lon Friend which there's actually footage of, of uh, us hanging with Lon Friend talking Van Halen on our YouTube page youtube.com slash talking metal and who walks right by Valerie Bertinelli We went up to her And we're like Hey will you come Do an interview with us Mm -hmm. And her Bald boyfriend Who I believe Is now her husband (laughs) Like threatened To kill us I think It was was bad
2: bad. I mean we were A professional Television crew Out there Uh, doing that So it wasn't like We were like
1: You know I watch old episodes Of one day at a time And I go uh, One tissue at a time If you know what I'm saying Oh, I get it. What's with, what's with this, you, if you know what I'm saying, yeah, tagline? I, I, I got that. that. That's, I like that. What is, is that? Is
2: that your new saying, Bud Friendly? Perhaps, yeah. That's going to be the for, 2012, for 2012. tagline by cool. Bud Friendly. But anyway, I love the tune. I think it's great. And uh, I can't wait to hear the rest of the album. And and you know me, Mark. I am uh, I hate to admit this to the Talking Metal listeners, but you know I haven't been uh, into that much music lately. And it's a terrible thing to say. And uh, this is one of the albums that I think is going to bring me back into uh listening to any kind of music
3: well we will see definitely i'm i'm excited uh is the camera working now jay cool jay Bones. we uh we were shooting our pilot but the main camera apparently didn't work for the first right. we've uh, got 15 minutes so we may redo some stuff guys yeah. we might re- redo the intro so if you're That's wondering
2: right. why we're we're starting over again uh, uh that is why people yeah cool let's go
3: to the phones hello victor hello victor Whoa, some weird feedback. I there, cannot then. hear um, yeah,
2: I the the voice. My voice or so. anybody's voice. Now I can hear Victor out of my right ear. Hey, Victor, hello. what's up, man? I, hear, uh, I can hear Victor saying some, hello. There's some sort of weird, weird delay. <laughs> and Victor. I can hear somebody else. Is this Victor from
4: Spain? I can't hear you guys over the phone. Victor uh-huh. cannot hear us.
3: Victor cannot hear us. We've
2: done a million of these shows, and the one that we're taping for a television pilot, we're having lots of technical difficulties. No
3: no, no problem. We'll, uh, we'll clean it up in the edit room, right? Now. Yeah. All right. Victor, I'm sorry. I don't know. I, I don't think you can hear us, can you? Yeah. Uh, we, ha- Jake, we have Jake coming in, know. and he's going to put a patch cord
2: uh, for all of you uh, uh, listeners. Uh, he's
4: gonna... um, I can hear you guys talk over the show. But the phone is completely dead, and yes, it is Victor from Spain. (laughs)
2: Okay, (laughs) Victor from Spain, that's good. Thank you for calling in, Victor from Spain. Well. Victor has, it's for all of you other Talking Metal listeners who who may not know this, Victor has uh, done a lot for Talking Metal. He's done some interviews for Talking Metal. He's been in the, the studio here with us. Uh, he's co-hosted some stuff for Talking Metal. And uh, he also has his great Mars Attacks
3: podcast plus some yes. other stuff. And yeah, definitely. And Victor
2: is definitely part of the Talking Metal family, uh, like one of the closest people to Talking Metal.
3: Cool. We will try to get the phone line issue Sorry, fixed. Sorry, Victor. And great, in the meantime, great setup for a telephone call that we actually can't. Yeah. Uh, field right, and in the right. meantime let's you know what while we're while we got jay on the line let's, uh, do, let's, jay, again, let's right. do the opening all over okay. again so here you go you're talking metal raw we should call it talking metal Raw. Yeah. okay so to bud friend friend friendly gonna... for the intro and then we will start off take two coming up uh, take two yes go for it bud
1: attention humanoids the silver spacecraft has landed this is talking metal raw now your hosts mark and john Thank you, Bud Friendly. Hey, Mark,
2: what's going on, man? It is great to be here with you, John. Let me take that again. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Let me take it again. Thank do you, Bud Friendly. Yes. How about that? He said
3: Talking Metal Raw. Is that okay? Yeah. Uh, Let's maybe just do, do, do one without metal. Talking metal. I thought metal that's raw. what okay. you wanted to call yeah, it. Yeah, No, no, no. I was just kidding. Uh, take one without just saying Talking Metal. Oh, okay. Okay.
1: <clears throat> <clears throat> me, 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 me. <clears throat> A little vocal warm up there. Attention, humanoids. The silver spacecraft has landed and the occupants are hungry for metal. This is Talking Metal. And now,
3: your hosts, Mark and John. Hey, guys. You are watching Talking Metal here. And I want to introduce my co-host. You guys might know him as a best-selling New York Times author. He recently had a book come out on VH1 Classics, Simon Schuster book... Print or company, whatever you want to call it, <laughs> the Ace Fraley book. It's the one and only John Astronomy. How Thank are you, John? You.
2: I'm doing great. Thank you, Mark Striegel. Yeah, that was No Regrets by Ace Fraley, Joe Layden, and John Ostrowski. My real name I used on that, but here I am, John Astronomy. We are happy to be back on Talking in Metal with our one and only Bud Friendly. I have not right. written
1: any books and nor read any books so nice to have Bud Friendly back it in the, back the fold. It definitely is. It definitely is. It's and, great to be breathing the air of freedom. Cool. Love and, it. And Love we it, wanted man. to
3: talk some Iron Maiden with you guys because we recently caught up with Paul Diano, the great former Iron Maiden vocalist. Absolutely. Legendary guy. Yannick Gers, too, the current guitar player, one of three. Absolutely. From Iron Maiden. And a lot of you guys might not know this, but I, I always find this... Totally wild and crazy that Yannick, before he was in Iron Maiden, actually played with not only Paul Deano but Cl- Clive Burr too. Wow! In a band called Gogmagog. Let's wow. let's talk to Yannick right now and hear what he has to say about Gogmagog. Okay, so we'll be putting in him talking about Gogmagog there. So, guys, that was the retake of
2: what they call the show open. So, for all you listeners who are listening today. <laughs>
3: And all you
1: listeners who have stopped listening.
2: (laughs) This is the one and only time we're going to do one of these live radio shows where we're actually taping a TV show. So this is a a very special moment for Talking Metal.
1: So you just heard- Hours of
3: preparation has gone into the production of this. Yes. Hours upon hours. So that was Yannick talking about Gog Magog, a band that featured all sorts of cool people like Neil Murray played with White Snake, Pete Willis from Def Leppard. Paul Diano, former Iron Maiden vocalist. Of course, Yannick Gears. Of course, Yannick Gers. And um, also, a guy named Clive Burr. Now, Clive Burr is not doing well lately. Yeah, he's he been is, sick. He is sick. And I recently spoke to Paul about this. Paul Diano, original singer of Iron Maiden. And uh, here's what Paul had to say about Clive.
2: You want to do one where I kind of set that one up? Sure. Okay
3: say, Mark recently yeah. spoke to him.
2: So, guys, as you know, uh, unfortunately, Clive Burr has been very ill for a while, and you spoke to Paul Deano about it.
3: I did, and here's what Paul had to say about Mr. Clive Burr. Okay, now
1: one where I set it up. Okay, guys, uh, the, you know, things are going on and everything happens. Now, here we go. Here's the clip. <laughs> That's good.
2: So, we're going to do this kind of a thing for you guys. All right. I like Clive Burr. Clive Burr was in up until when Nico McBrain took over uh, on the Peace of Mind album, right?
3: Yeah. yeah. Little
2: fact. There's well, yeah. a clip.
3: <laughs> <laughs> so Gogmagog, kind of an obscure band, featuring again Clive Burr, Paul Diano, and of course Yannick Gers, had a song written. They did a three-song kind of EP, and and the main song was written by a guy named Russ Ballard, who, right. you're the Kiss expert, you know, you've been on TV as the metal expert, the Kiss yeah. expert, written books about Kiss, you have uh, produced for VH1 DVD release, right, the the Kissology. Yes. And
2: uh, what was that, a three-part series? That was a three-part series, Kissology Volume 1, uh, Volume 2, and Volume 3, and it spanned... Pretty much the entire uh, KISS career, the, the early days, uh, the non-makeup years, and then the reunion and beyond. So it was a, a great DVD series produced by Alex Coletti with uh, Roger Coletti as a co-producer, Alex's brother. And uh, it was just a, a great opportunity to work with KISS. And um, yeah, speaking of Russ Ballard- Yeah, Russ Ballard, the yeah. kind of the
3: bridge between KISS and, and Iron Maiden, if you will.
2: Yeah, Russ Ballard is an amazing guy. He He was in a group called Argent and- And uh, some of you KISS fans might know the song God Gave Rock and Roll to You, too. Uh, That was a cover of Argent's God Gave Rock and Roll to You. Now, uh, KISS fans will also know that Russ Ballard wrote the song New York Groove. And he also wrote the song Into the Night, which was uh, the first single off of Ace's Fraley's Comet record that came out in 1987. But what you may not know is... Russ Ballard wrote a lot of other songs that I know that you guys have heard. He wrote a song called Liar by uh, Three Dog Night. He wrote, um, uh, I'm just going to list a couple of songs. Yeah, some of it. these are rock, some of them aren't. He wrote with the Bay City Rollers. Um he wrote i surrender uh which was recorded by rainbow and also Stradivarius, a uh, little uh uh no in fact he wrote just a dream away by uh recorded by Roger Daltrey free me by Roger Daltrey uh, my time is going to come Roger Daltrey he wrote let me rock you recorded by Peter Chris, and that was the title of one of Peter Chris's post kiss solo yeah, records definitely. um and then there's some some really main and then there's some oh, let me i'm going to take yeah. that over again and he wrote some really, really well-known songs, and I'm just going to try to find it here. Since You've Been Gone, he wrote- he wrote, uh, The Rainbow song? Yeah, Rainbow's 1980 hit, Since You've Been Gone, he wow. wrote that. And uh, he wrote stuff that wound up uh, Uriah Heep, uh, On the Rebound, uh, he wrote that.
3: On the Rebound.
2: W- yeah, which was uh, an Uriah Heep tune. And, there was yeah, one- and, and he covered that solo, too,
3: because I do oh, have okay. that on my iPod,
2: yeah. Very cool. And then, you know that song, You Can Do Magic? Um, yeah. by you can Ameri- do magic right. yeah, sure. And then there's some little keyboard part there He wrote that song So yeah. this guy has written like a ton of songs And it's just amazing that everybody wants to cover Russ
3: Ballartons Cool, well this is kind of just this weird kind of anomaly Of Iron Maiden characters before, you know, past and present yeah, It was I a will Gog be Magog from, from the mid, mid-1980s And this is a song Paul Diano, Yannick Gers, and Clive Burr Pete Willis and Neil Murray doing a Russ Ballard song. This is called I Will Be There and we will be right back on Talking Metal. What you just heard was a little Iron Maiden here on Talking Metal. That was of course the classic Iron Maiden song, Prowler. Originally appearing on the first Iron Maiden record. This time a kind of uh, more obscure B-side version of it with uh, Bruce Dickinson doing the lead on that classic Paul Diano track. And of course um, before that we heard a little Gog Magog featuring Paul Diano on vocals doing a Russ Ballard song. If that all makes sense. So, guys, thanks so much for joining us, and uh, we'll do this to camera. Thanks so much for joining us on Talking Metal. I am here with John Astronomy, and we do a show called Talking Metal. We've been doing it since... since We do a show called Talking Metal. We've been doing it since 2005 in numerous formats. Probably our most popular format is the podcast version of the show. Right, which is also available at TalkingMetal.com and iTunes. Cool. And I was just told that the calls are fixed. So if you want to call in to the studio here, the yeah, number... Hopefully
2: Victor from Spain will call back. The number Once
3: again, ladies, uh,
1: any bud-friendly groupies who have the urge to uh, tickle the digits on your telephone, uh, please uh, just dial. I'm, I'm waiting here uh, to field your calls and answer your questions. We also have
2: Todd Youth coming up from Ace Frehley's band. Cool. And, guys, Todd has been in a zillion bands. Agnostic Front, Murphy's Law, Danzig, Degeneration, Motorhead.
3: uh, The list goes on. It does. But while we're waiting on Todd to show up, we recently caught up with Ace. Ace. A guy who John's written a book with, a guy who you've known for many, many years.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I've known Ace Frehley since 1987. I met him in a small town called Old Forge, Pennsylvania, right when the Frehley's Comet record came out, and it was one of Ace's first Frehley's Comet shows after the album was released. Cool. And what did you talk to Ace about? So I talked to Ace about recording the album Anomaly. I talked to him about UFOs, and uh, we did a little jamming together, and just a great, great interview, and that kind of set the stage for me beginning to work with Ace. And uh, in 2011, I've been across the country a couple of, like, two or three times with Ace. So it's been just an unbelievable experience. And co-writing No Regrets with Ace has just uh, been really one of the greatest experiences I've ever
3: had. And you even did a little playing with Ace at the interview. What did you guys jam on? Yeah, we jammed on the song. What song did we jam on? Um, the title
2: tra- uh no, outer space. Yeah. Yeah, Mark, we jammed on the track
3: Outer Space. Cool. Which was the first single which was the first single off of Ace's last record, which is a couple of years old yeah, at this point, yeah. Anomaly. And if you haven't heard it, definitely pick it up. What else? Does he talk about cool. any songs or anything? Mm,
2: yeah. Ace yeah, he Ace talked about uh Ace talked about a lot of the different tunes on the record. One of them that I thought was really great was a song called A Little Below the Angels. Cool, and we'll cut to that. Yeah. Great. cool. And we, we should do something about uh, uh, Ace's UFO experiences. You want to set that one up?
3: Now, Ace has had numerous abduction experiences or UFO encounters, encounters of the third kind. Uh, I know he talks about it in his book. He's spoken about it on the Eddie Trunk Show before. And you actually spoke to Ace about it too. Yeah. Ace told
2: us, yeah, Ace told me about the time that he thinks a UFO landed in his backyard. Cool. That should be good for that yeah. stuff. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So guys, let's get you back listen- to a real show. Yeah, let's, yeah. let's tell the, the radio listeners what we were doing. That's how you set up segments when you're doing a TV show, guys. So yeah you know you stop and you start and uh, but that's what everybody does. So if you haven't ever, you know, seen a TV show, this is what happens. And and even when you're at like Conan O'Brien and stuff and when you're watching it it looks like it's all live and everything's great. They do stop and start on big shows like that too. Cool. Let's go to the we phone. We might stop a little bit more than
3: Conan does, yeah. but uh, but they do it too. They do. Let's go to the phones. Right now we have Victor from Spain phoning in to talking metal. Victor, how are you? Can you hear me? Oh, I guess I, I got it. There he is. Hey. hey. Victor. How are you, man?
4: Hey, John.
2: Victor, great to, great to hear from you. When are you coming back to the USA?
4: Oh, I wish I had a, a definitive answer for that.
2: <laughs> yeah, you definitely got to come back. And, you know, we definitely should go to a show and, and uh, you know, do another talking about a live like, like we did the other time that you came here. And it should be great.
4: Absolutely. It was a blast doing it with you guys.
2: Cool. Now, Victor, who are some of the people that you've, uh, yeah, I'm laughing because Mark is laughing.
3: Speaking of outer space, it sounds like Victor's phoning yeah. in from outer Victor, space. Are you
2: calling from outer space? When you talk, <laughs> we hear this like extraneous noise that sounds like, you know, other voices behind you. It's, and I know it's not you. It's, it's just, it does sound a little bit like you're coming from outer space.
4: I, I hear you guys with slight distortions. So <laughs> no, at that time, as soon as you
2: start talking, there was like a beep. It really sounds like you're coming off of a spaceship.
4: <laughs> I'm trying to fit into the uh, mode of the... Uh, yeah, the show Silver there. Spacecraft.
2: You are actually on the Silver... Sp- Victor is on the Silver Spacecraft. So, Victor, <laughs> tell us again, who have you interviewed recently for the Mars Attacks podcast?
4: Recently? Well, actually, this week I'll have interviews with uh, Vinny Apice, obviously nice. from Black Sabbath. Uh, he's got a new band called Kill Devil Hill. <laughs> um, Steve Zing from Danzig, who you guys nice. played with Yeah, we well. jammed
2: with Steve. Remember that, Mark? No. What yeah, happened? you played
3: bass when we... Nah, I'm just kidding. Yeah, Of course no. I remember, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, but tell us, uh, let's go back to the Vinny thing, um, and we have a bad connection with you, Victor, so I don't know how, if, how long we'll be able to continue this conversation, but Vinny revealed some, some kind of uh, interesting stuff that, that he actually continued jamming with uh, Geezer and Iomi, and they were actually thinking about maybe auditioning uh, another singer, right?
4: Yes, that, that is correct. Um, he mentioned how uh, they tried with various other singers. Uh, Glenn Hughes, they tried with um, a Swedish guy whose name slips my mind. Jorn, right?
2: They into not yeah into it. Yeah. Hmm. Boy, Glenn oh. Hughes would be cool. I, I really What's like that guy's Glenn name? Hughes? Land Jorn
3: or uh, something? I don't know yeah. who that guy is. Jorn spoke. Land or something? Mm. Yeah. Uh, he t- I only mentioned in his book... And, of course, uh, uh, we're going to let you go, Victor, because we have a real bad connection whenever you talk. There's, like, crazy feedback. But uh, we will get some of the techn- technical issues here resolved soon, and uh, hopefully we'll be uh, back to taking some phone calls. But thanks for checking in, man. And all you Talking sure. Metal listeners should definitely check out Mars Attacks. I can't wait to hear the uh, the Vinnie Appice interview oh, that's happening. And we are going to be joined in the studio by a very special guest. Let me take that again so it's clean. We are going to be joined in the studio by a very special guest shortly, Todd Youth, who's played with so many great bands, and he's currently playing with your man, Ace. Absolutely. So coming right up, we have Todd Youth. Cool. And in the meantime, why don't we get into a little Todd Youth? What can we uh, play here, John? We got um, a really cool track, actually. You by, got that Capricorn we, track? Yeah, I love let's this. Do it. I love this track. Uh, let's see if we can pull it up here. Todd has played with
2: so many amazing groups Uh, like we said Danzig Agnostic Front when he was 12 years old uh, Murphy's Law um, just a ton of people, Degeneration, uh, a bunch of bands that we've been fans of and a bunch of other bands. Uh, he played with Glen Campbell, yeah. which, which I was always a fan of Glenn Campbell, not metal, but, uh, very, very cool and, uh, filled in with Motorhead. Lots of cool stuff. This guy is an amazing guitar player and an amazing person too. That's one of the reasons I think he gets all the gigs cause he's such a
3: cool guy. Cool. Well, we can't wait to talk to Todd. We're going to bring him right in the studio and we'll be back in exactly three minutes. This is American Dream by mr todd youth and the band capricorn
1: more talking metal coming up Talking Metal, and now your hosts, Mark and John. Yo! Hey, thank you, Bud Friendly. Hey, Mark, how you doing? We are very
2: happy because in the studio, we've got the one and only Todd Youth. Todd,
5: hey. what's going on, buddy? How's it going, guys? Thanks for having me up here. Oh, Absolutely. thanks for
3: coming, Todd. Now, if you guys don't know Todd Youth, he's played with everybody from Glenn Campbell to Murphy's Law to Ace Frehley to Danzig. Front. Yeah, I mean, so many different... Bands and projects. Let's go way, way back, Todd. How did you? When did you originally start playing guitar? I mean, you had to be very young.
5: Yeah, no, my father's a guitar player, and um, so by the time I was like five or six, there was a guitar was in my hands. Wow. And and, um, I had gotten into one of the first live shows I went to was uh, Christmas Eve eighty two. And I went to see the Bad Brains play at CBGB's, and that's when I started hanging out in the, the hardcore scene in New York. And I was really young. I was, like, 11 years old. And um, when I was 12, I joined a, kind of a legendary New York hardcore band called Agnostic Front. Um, 12
3: years old. 12, 12 years old. That's you know. unbelievable. There's actually a
5: video up on YouTube. If you look up uh, Agnostic Front A7 or Agnostic Front Earliest Footage, you see me at 12 years old playing wow. at this club downtown. Wow and then um you know in those days most of the musicians with the exception of the bad brains most of the people playing you know hardcore punk weren't very good musicians and i already been playing for a number of years and was was really serious about it so i was always even though i was so young i was able to get into bands with guys who were in their 20s because
3: technically and and musically you just kind of knew it that's a little bit more um, yeah
5: you know I, I had to quit Agnostic Front. I joined right before the United Blood 7-inch came out, and I had to quit about three months before they made Victim in Pain, which is their first full-length. And uh, one of the first songs I ever wrote on that record, they'll call With Time. And um, after that, because I was too young, and I wasn't going to school, and I was hanging out all night, so I was kind of made to quit the band. And um, Yeah. And then Wait, I started, When you say made,
3: like, your, were your parents kind of didn't... Yeah, and buy, the courts yeah, see, and, yeah. You know, Oh,
5: yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's good. Um, and uh, then I started a band called Warzone. And uh, I did my first record with that band. It was, uh, came, it was actually Revelations Records. The first release on Revelation uh, was the first Warzone 7-inch. And then um, and then I joined Murphy's Law when I was 15, and right after I joined the band, we got asked to go out on tour with the Beastie Boys when "Fight for Right to Party" was the number sure. one song in the country. And you know, I'd never really left the tri-state area, and all of a sudden, I'm you know playing arenas and in a tour bus, and so I kind of been chasing it ever since.
3: And and after that tour, where where like what happened? Where did you well, end it was in Murphy's Law for a
5: long time? We made a few records, and we toured with the Ramones, we toured with Fishbone, we toured with the Red Hot Chili Peppers, we'd gone to Europe. Uh, we were one of the first new york hardcore bands to start touring europe and um were really grueling tours. we'd go over there and we'd play nothing but squats for 30 days straight Mm. no running water you know no toilets and um and then i joined a band called degeneration right and in the mid 90s and i did that
3: when did you actually join the, mid 90s like 95 was no it was like, like 96 97 like after somewhere. No Oops. Lunch came out yeah oh, was, after yeah. I, No yeah. Lunch
5: I started to, like they had been touring No Lunch when I joined the band mm-hmm. and then we did five weeks with Green Day in the states and five weeks in Europe with Green Day and came home from that and made uh, D-Gen's last record Through the Darkness and there was a EP that had come out too
2: was it you and Danny Sage in the band at that time yeah it was me and Danny on guitar. oh okay cool cause you replaced Richard right yeah, Rick Richard yeah. or Rick Bacchus right. yeah
5: and, um, um, you know, we did that record Through the Darkness, and and I could see that, you know, it was kind of coming to an end. So me and Michael, the drummer from D-Gen, started a band called Chrome Locus. Mm-hmm. And with Jim, we, Hennigan. Jim Hennigan. With Jim Hannigan, right? exactly, yeah. sure. yes. Which I saw was you guys was good play friends with Jim Hennigan. Jim Hennigan. Yeah, yeah I wouldn't saw, say good friends. But you <laughs> saw Chrome Locus <laughs> play?
3: Yeah, wow. I think at the Continental, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah or was probably. it Seabees? I'm, I'm Seabees could have yeah. been, yeah. But, uh, yeah, I knew Jim. I haven't... Kind of casually, but I remember just from hanging out down there. Didn't you do uh, something you know.
2: with Gene Simmons? It was Jim Hennigan, you and Gene Simmons at a VH1 shoot.
3: Uh, possibly. I think he yeah, was there when possibly. you interviewed him for some show. Yeah, yeah, possibly. Yeah, it's. Uh, it sounds. It sounds uh, familiar. I, I know. I remember. I was hanging with Jim at the un. His brother and my brother, the four of us were hanging out at the Kiss Unplugged. Oh, Unplugged! Show. Yeah. Wow, and yeah. Jim's
5: also the guy who made the uh, Kiss, Kiss loves, you, loves You video. Yeah, like, which I'm actually I have a little cameo in that. Oh, cool! Yeah, he
3: had interviewed me for that, but I, I oh, don't yeah? think I made the the, the <laughs> cut. No,
5: I don't. Yeah, that was good. I've I've seen that, but. He's got a great shot of me leaving the garden. I think it was the first or the second day of
2: the garden. Very cool. Now, I want to get into the stuff that Todd is currently doing with Ace and all this stuff, but I want to talk about something that's pretty funny. That uh, one of your bands, you know, one of the bands you've been in, Agnostic Front, uh, was indirectly mentioned on Metalocalypse.
3: Oh, Was it, yeah, and yeah.
2: basically, the what are you familiar with the show, yeah, yeah actually, I've it. Uh-huh. which I think is just my like favorite show on television? And um, one of the guys, Swisscar, the uh, the blonde uh-huh. like shredder guitarist, he was naming all the bands that he was in, In the like they were talking about their past bands. and His first band was
3: Agnostic Priest, wow. which was great,
2: so that was definitely you know a reference to Agnostic yeah. Front, but, yeah. so I thought that was cool.
3: So, let's let's kind of continue on with your history. We were you know, you toured with the Beastie Boys, uh, into, de- uh, not with the Beastie Boys, but opening for the Beastie Boys, uh, with Murphy's, Murphy's, Murphy's Law. Law. Uh, and from there it was, I Den guess many years later would have been yeah. Degeneration. Was yeah. there, were you with Murphy's well, Law yeah, right up until Murphy's you Law. joined Degeneration? Yeah, de- we made like three or
5: four records and we were always on tour. Okay. Yeah, we lived in a van for, you know, eight years, mm-hmm. um, um, And And had you
3: known just the D-Gen guys from from kind of the scene? Yeah, I knew
5: Jesse since I was probably about 12 years old. Right. Me and Jesse have been friends for a long time. Okay. And then um, I made one record with Chrome Locust, and that's when I got the call. All within one week, I got asked to audition for the Foo Fighters or join Danzig. Mm. And D-Generation at the end was so not fun. I was like, okay, what's going to be fun? It's not about the money. What's, where am I going to have the most fun? And, and,
3: and was this to replace Pat Smear in... Uh...
5: No, uh, Franz. Franz. It was Pat. I okay. already left an had okay. Franz, and it would okay. have been repli- replaced. Chris Shiflett ended up getting the gig. He was actually standing there with me when um, when I got asked. Uh, a guy who worked for them came up to me and said, hey, look, they want, want to know if you want to audition. And Chris ran to a payphone. That's how long ago it was. It was pre- like pre wow. phones. He ran to a payphone and got himself an audition, and he ended up getting the gig. And um,
2: where were you at the time? I like was in New Yorker York. Or I oh, was okay. in New York,
5: and um, so I flew out to California, and, and I started rehearsing with Danzig, and that was for the Satan's Child tour. And um, I ended up doing the Sam Hain reunion tour, where I, I was doing two sets. I'd do a Sam Hain set, and we would do the blood and everything, and then I'd go take a quick shower blow dry my hair and come out and then do a danzig set so oh, i'm doing two wow. sets a night and who
3: was part oh, the set was that was, was steve zing it was or steve or,
5: zing yeah. london may me and glenn okay wow. yeah. and um you know and i stayed in danzig for a few years and i made um did the record seven with him um e Luciferi, i think what it's called and
3: yeah, well, let's talk about that record. You were also in a, a music video, which maybe on the TV show version of this, we'll we'll check out a little bit of the music video right now. Uh, kiss the skull, kiss the skull, right? And and uh, any memories of shooting this video?
5: What well, was um <clears throat> Joey, who was really the reason why I joined Danzig in the first place was the drummer was Joey Castillo at the time, who's a drummer of Queens of the Stone Age now. And me and Joey's another one. We go back to you know the early '80s, and and he's somebody I, he's one of my favorite drummers. He's somebody I always wanted to work with. So that's the real reason why I joined Danzig was because I wanted ah, to okay. play with Joe. And You're um,
3: such a hard hitting drummer. Yeah, I've seen he's him he's numerous best. times live. Yeah.
5: And um, he, the next day we did that video, and the next day is when he quit and joined Queens. Wow. Yeah. Interesting. Cool. So let's. I mean, Danzig videos are always kind of the same, right? There's like kind of like some strippery looking girl and (laughs) some bad cgi skulls and you know glenn looking spooky into the camera
3: let's check out kiss the skull right now on talking metal
1: I'm mark
2: that was kiss the skull by Danzig featuring
3: Todd youth
5: yes it was <laughs>
3: <laughs> he's right here so Todd tell us about touring with Danzig uh, did you have a, a close friendship with him or were you yeah, kind I mean, you know, like
5: people bag on Glenn all the time and they love to kind of talk trash on him but he was um you know he's really generous to the band he, he really treated us good through the years and um
3: how, how many years did you play with him
5: well, I joined in uh, 99, and then I, I left in 2003. I'd gotten my own deal with Capitol Records, and that's when I left the band. Then I came back again, and I did one more tour with him in 2000. I think it was the end of 2007. Maybe, okay. Or two, yeah, I think it was the end of 2007. I did one more tour with him. Um it
2: must have been right before we went out and I did the interview with Glenn in late 2007. Yeah. Must yeah. have been right after that tour.
5: Right, though. yeah. Yeah, John was at Glenn Danzig's house. Yeah. Yeah. It's a very spooky house. (laughs) Yep. Did it smell like cat urine? Yeah, I don't remember
2: now, but I know there were cats around. Oh, there's a lot of cats. But I don't know if I was at that house. I was at the one that had the waterfall.
5: Okay, that's he actually bought uh, Lucille Ball and Desi Arnaz's old house, yeah, right, right, which yeah.
3: we weren't allowed to,
5: to
2: say, say at the, at the time. At yeah. the time yeah. I it wasn't it was. a cat
3: ear in waterfall. Yeah, I heard was it. about that other house. I, I don't think I was at. Yeah, I uh, wasn't at that was, house.
5: That yeah. was a messed up house. <laughs> that house was, it looked like the Adams family. And, <laughs> and
3: then at some point, you started. I mean, uh, Jesse Mellon, of course, has done a lot of successful solo stuff uh-huh. since *Degeneration*. Uh, probably in, in a lot of ways maybe more successful than degeneration if you will. Uh you've been a part of that too at least on the, the touring front and Yeah, and, and you...
5: we've been, you know, we've been writing in his next record. I toured with him for about 18 months. Yeah. And um but we got to backtrack, man. There's a whole lot of stuff we're yeah, missing. Yeah, let's now. okay, let's talk, talk about, about Motorhead. And, That's yeah. right. Yeah. Um so, you know, after Danzy, I got in my own deal. And uh with Capital and I've had a band called The Chelsea Smiles and we released an EP on Capitol, and we did two indie records, and we toured a whole bunch. We toured with the New York Dolls, we toured with Social Distortion, we toured Europe. Um, and then um, I'd gotten a call on a Friday night from Todd Singerman, who manages Motorhead, that Phil Campbell's mom had died. Okay. And um, they were in, <clears throat> finishing up a tour, and would I be interested in fin- finishing out the tour playing guitar? And, I, you know, Motorhead, since I was uh, 10 years old, is one of my favorite bands, and... um. You know, as a little kid, I used to sit in my bedroom and listen to No Sleep Till Hammersmith with the headphones on and just stare at the album cover, you know, for hours. Like, you know, this is what I want. I want Marshall Stacks, man. I want, you know. And um, and I'd known those guys from, from when I was in Danzig. We used to rehearse next door to each other. And I figured I'd have a few days to get it together. And, and the manager goes, okay, I need you on a plane Sunday morning. You got to do your first show Sunday night. And... um. Yeah, you know, so I finished out the tour. I did. I did.
3: So you up. didn't have like a formal audition with them or anything? No, I had played.
5: Or... I there was times where it's like you know Lemmy wouldn't be at rehearsal and Phil was working on his guitar sound, so he'd be like, "Come on, just play Lemmy's bass while we run through a couple songs." Or, okay, and so this so
2: would for, be out in L.A. at like <laughs> a rehearsal this is in
5: studio, Los Angeles, yeah. yeah. And um, you know, or Phil wouldn't be there, and I would play Phil's guitar, and I'd run through a couple of songs with them. So they knew I knew the old material, but there was a lot of new stuff I I, I hadn't, you know. And would you just right. be
2: in this, like the the room next door, rehearsing with your own band, and then Motorhead would be in, oh, with Danzig, yeah. right?
5: Yeah, we used to rehearse next door to each other, Motorhead and Danzig. Cool.
2: Was that at Mates or where'd you guys do? Yeah, that, that was there? at Mates,
5: cool, in the valley. And um, so you know, I went out and and they said, you know, well, your your sound check on Sunday will make it a real long one, like a rehearsal. And I get there and you know, Lem's like, what two songs you need the most work on? And I'm like. Sacrifice, and it was something else new. Sacrifice is kind of a really weird, odd time song. And I ran through those two songs, and he's like, you're fine, puts his bass down and walks off. So (laughs) So isn't that that amazing? Yeah, Yeah.
2: Todd told me this story. So here's the thing. He's about to go on a Motorhead tour, and let me just like, he says, okay, you know, try this one song and it, it sounded good. And it's like, okay, we're going to do the concert. Yeah. I don't even need to hear you play. That's how much he trusted you, which yeah, is great. Yeah, well,
5: you know, because he knew I was a fan and I made sure, like.
3: It's very Chuck Berry. You ever hear about cool. it? He oh, would yeah. just hire, like, just a local about band that the yeah. other
5: day. Yeah. Um, you know, I made sure any of these gigs that I've done where I've had to take somebody's place, like, you know, I'm not going to. Try and reinterpret the guitar solo to "Mother." Like people want to hear it the way they've been listening to that song for twenty years. Right. I'm not going to reinterpret the guitar solo to "Ace of Spades" because you know I know if I was in the audience, I want to hear it the way Fast Eddie Clark played it. Right. Yeah. So you know I know that the Motorhead fans were really really stoked. You know when I did those shows because I came out and I and I did I had the bullet belt on and a cowboy shirt and I just made sure it was rock and roll. And, wow, you know, very cool. You know, so I did I did. A handful of shows with them and um i came home from that and guys still doing the chelsea smiles and let's then, talk about
3: that band who who actually was in that band with you
5: uh that was me um a guy named carl who plays drums for michael monroe now um a guy johnny martin who plays bass with me in uh, jesse malin's band and um a couple different guitar players through the years other guitar players
2: and then, who was the singer in that band? I,
5: I, it was me and this guy Sky would switch on and off. Oh, okay. And uh, it was just a good, dirty rock and roll band. And um, and it was around that time when, I guess, yeah, I finished touring it, and then that's when I started doing the studio stuff, and I started doing a lot of session work in L.A. And I did Cheap Trick's last record, and I played on Glenn Campbell, the old country guy's record, and uh, I started touring with him. And um and that's when i got the call to play with ace actually i was writing with michael monroe i had written some stuff with wednesday 13 from the murder dolls for the project called gunfire 76 and i kind of bailed out on that and then i was writing with michael monroe I helped put it, put his new band together michael from hanoi rocks and um and that's when i got the call to to join ace's band the Australian
2: tour. Now I want to uh, talk about that, but I want to backtrack a second. And I was wondering if you can tell the story that you told me um, about how out of all the people that you played with, the the one person that was that that your dad was really impressed with was Glenn Campbell. tell us, the have, story.
5: I would have my father come out when I played in Danzig, and you know, I'd have a Marshall stacks and tons of guitars and techs and tour buses and you know all this stuff, and. He would look at it, and he'd be like, you know, you need all this? You know what I mean? Because he <laughs> comes from that school of just, like, right. take your guitar, you plug it into an amp, and you play. And it comes off your hands. And, um, you know, I'd call him up. I'm like, you know, I just played on Cheap Trick's new record. He's like, eh, yeah, whatever. You know, I just played on this record. So i call him up. I'm like, hey, Dad, I just played on Glenn Campbell's new record. And he goes, oh, my God, this is your big break. <laughs> you <know? laughs> and, um, and I'd done that tour with Danzig in 2007, and he was going out again, like, doing another Halloween run. So I had a choice. I could either go out with Danzig or go out with Glenn Campbell because I got asked to to join his touring band after we did all the the promo for the album. And um, you know, I wasn't sure what I wanted to do. And I called my dad, and, and he's like, "Well, you know, you'll make the right decision." So I I, f- I finally made the choice. Like I needed at that point in my life to to do something different musically. And I started touring with Glenn Campbell, and we got to I got to work with orchestras for the first time, and like you know, rehearse with the right. The London Philharmonic at Abbey Road Studios, like all wow. these amazing things. And um, I'm calling my dad and I said, Yeah, you know, I made up my mind. I'm going to go with play with Glenn Campbell. And and he goes to me, He goes, You know, to people my age, that's as good as playing with Elvis Presley. Cool. Cause, you know, Glenn in the 70s had the TV show and, you know, he sold 40 million records or something. And, and,
3: yeah. I mean, um, and even in the 70s, he kind of had a, a, you know, I mean, it, when was he most popular? In the sixties,
5: late sixties or early seventies. Yeah, because you know, well, I know Wichita like Lyman, like Rein, Rhinestone and...
3: Cowboy, which a lot of people thought was kind of a sellout, right? Right, I mean, and that, that was, was mid seventies. That was yeah, okay. But It was a huge hit. Yeah, know? enormous, enormous hit. Yeah, I yeah. I liked it as a kid, um, and
5: uh, but, you know, it was great. It was great working. Glenn had been a session player first, and you know, so I think he saw a little something of himself in me. And um, but yeah, that's when I when I I got asked to to, to well, I'd actually been asked to. Play with Ace when they yeah, first. Yeah, the, the, the original when, when Anthony
2: it, first put the band. Yeah, together.
5: but I had, I had committed to do that Danzig tour, and that's why I, had, I said, listen, I already committed to this. I can't bail on them. And um, so then Derek had left the band, and they called me up and and. Uh, I went and met. My audition was to go meet with Ace at a restaurant. And yeah. and much like Lemmy, he was like,
2: uh, I don't even think you guys rehearsed. He was just yeah. like, you know those songs, right? Yeah, you know and you're like, songs. yeah. T- tell us about that, because you told me about what happened at this lunch audition.
5: Well, yeah. I, well, I, I had gone from a photo shoot with Michael Monroe, and um, and I knew I wasn't going to stick around for that thing, because I really wasn't that happy with his manager and stuff. And I, I love Michael to death, and but I just... I'd been down that road too many times with bad management. And, um, so I got the call to do this Australian tour with Ace and we met up at a uh, Barney's Beanery in LA, which used to be like Jim Morrison and Janis Joplin's like favorite watering hole. And, um, and that was it. We just sat down, we talked, we talked about New York, we talked about this and that. And I mean, Ace has always, you know, been, Ace is like my Chuck Berry or my Led Zeppelin, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? it's sure. my favorite guitar player. So, um... The hardest thing for me was having to learn the Paul Stanley parts. Right, because yeah. you wanted, knew, you knew the Ace parts. parts. Right. but um, And we hit it off, and and that was it. And he was like, you know the songs, right? And I was like, well, we're going to rehearse, rehearse in Australia. He's like, ah, you know the songs, right? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> he's like, ah, yeah, you know, maybe we'll do something in a hotel room. But, you know, yeah. just right. trial by fire. And, That's great. Yeah.
2: And then here's what was crazy. When you went down to Australia, you got sick. Yeah, at the beginning of the tour, tell yeah, us about that.
5: I, um, we get to this hotel room. We, you know, it's a really long flight. I think it's like it was eighteen hours or twenty hours of traveling. You know, from LA, Cause we LA to Sydney and then Sydney to Perth. I think we flew or Adelaide or something. We get to this really nice, fancy hotel room or hotel, and everybody checks into the rooms, and and they had some like pre-made like raspberry iced tea drink in a fancy bottle. So I'd fallen asleep because I was all jet lagged. I woke up and I drank that, and and I got food poisoning. Oh boy. wow. So for my first show with, with Freely, I was you know it was a garbage can behind the amps, and in between songs, I'd just go run and throw up. And oh boy, they had to Dang. get a doctor to give me a shot because I couldn't. You know, I'd never had food poisoning either. I always, every anytime everybody's been like, oh food poison, I'm like you just hung over. You know what I mean? Right? Yeah. It's the worst. That was yeah. the worst. Man,
2: but the shows went great.
5: Yeah. yeah, Australia was amazing, and me and Freely ended up becoming really good friends and hitting it off, and, um, you know, we just don't play enough.
3: Right. Yeah, no, well, it's Well, it's funny, I, in, to circle kind of back around then to the Jesse Mellon stuff, when I saw you guys in Asbury Park, I, I ran up and... Tried to attempt to talk to Jesse Malin, who was in the audience at that show, and, uh, at the, Freely and the Freely Show, yeah. Yeah, the recent Freely yeah, show and yeah, yeah. I think he got freaked out as soon as I started talking about degeneration stuff. And he shook my <laughs> hand, smiled, and kind of ran to the other side of the room. But um, we he, had actually,
5: he, me and me, how I ended up working with Jesse was I played a New York show with Ace two years ago now, I guess it is right or something like that and mm-hmm. we did the Nokia or the Best Buy, right? And Jesse, I uh, put him on the guest list, and he came to the show, right. and then after the show. Me and Jesse had gone out and he gave me a copy of, which was his last record that just came out, Love It to Life. And it wasn't out yet. And um, I listened to it on the plane, flew home to LA the next morning, and and, um, I listened to it on the plane. And I called him up when I got home. I was like, man, this is the best thing you've ever done. If you ever need any help, call me. And so a few weeks later, he says, he calls me up. He's like, I got a West Coast tour. I hate my band. I want to fire him. Can you put something together for me? And, you know, we did two rehearsals in L.A., and then our first show was in front of 5,000 people, us and the Cold War kids. Ah, wow. In San Jose. And it was only going to be that tour, but, you know, there was, there's obviously some chemistry there, me and I have known each other a long time, we've worked together a bunch. Sure. So then it was like, all right, well, I'll go do the U.K. with you, and then after that I was like, okay, I'll do the States with you, and it just kind of kept going and going and going, and, you know, we toured really hard for 18 months, and um, so now we're just kind of going to go away for a little while, and we've been writing and demoing stuff, and Cool.
3: You,
2: know, you know what the coolest thing, Todd, is when when I first you know joined the the Ace crew on tour, and uh, the first gig that I was on was at Mohegan Sun, right. up in Connecticut. And the coolest thing is you uh, had done the Australian tour, and uh, but we kind of almost I mean you had that one. Group of shows before I came on, but I think the cool thing is is that I feel like me and you kind of came on almost together at the same time, yeah. Right? yeah. And what was great is even on that first uh, date that I was on, I remember after the show, me and you were in the uh, casino like commissary hanging out, eating dinner, right? And I just wanted to thank you because you really made me feel uh, comfortable for my first time out on the road with the band. Oh, wow, so was it was, it was really you. cool.
3: So, so, Todd, let me ask you if we were to like really Seriously, talk about jamming American Dream which I think is just a great song by the way, oh, by, by... talk about
5: that Capricorn. Yeah. Right. We'll, 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 yeah. Phil from monster Magnet side project.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Capricorn guys is a, which if you've been listening to the podcast, you heard this before uh, Todd came on the show. We, we played a song, a couple songs by Todd, one being a song called American dream by the band Capricorn. It, it, it's such a great song. I've listened to this like, like numerous times on my iPod uh, since you sent it to us. Great, great stuff. Um, would you consider jamming this song with John and I? And I who, would love to. And who? First, you'll have to maybe meet up with us once ahead of time to show us how to play it.
0: Yeah.
3: <laughs> and then second, who who can we get on drums? Uh, would you, you know, want to do drums? Well, see, or I I think I'd want to do like a rhythm guitar part. Okay. Well, I could, I could I I could do bass. I don't know. I don't want to step on anybody's. You guys toes, got a though.
5: budget? I could get us to get Filthy Animal Taylor in. Oh wow! What that'd be Possibly, pretty amazing. Right? Yeah. I, we
3: can we can we we the the short answer to that is no, okay. but the but second answer to that is, is maybe. maybe. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs>
5: yeah, or we can uh, get Ty Smith. is he in New York? No, no, that's why I, I was kidding. Yeah, we can get Ty Smith, who's going to be. We're going to do a cat. We're going to do a full length record sometime this year in 2012 because we we had written when I got off the Motorhead tour. You know, I feel like. I feel like Motorhead hasn't made a really good classic Motorhead rock and roll record in a long time. So I was like, I'm going to write Lemmy a record of just classic Motorhead songs. And obviously, you know, he doesn't need my help. but um, (laughs) So me and Phil from Monster Magnus, one of my best friends, and he's a total Motorhead freak too. We decided like, well, let's do something that, you know, let's take these songs that i would written and do something with it. And we called the band Capricorn, which is Lemmy's Sign. Mm, That's his, okay. his sign. That's oh, cool. why we call the Capricorn. And um, so we did the seven inch that came out on uh, Monster Magnets. Monster Magnet has their own little label now, and so the seven inch came out on that, and it just sold out in Europe. And um, so this year we're going to do a full length, and cool. we're going to have the Ty Smith who used to be in Godhead and the Vandals and Bullets and Octane. Okay, he also plays with Jesse. now. he's going to play drums on it.
3: Oh, okay, cool.
5: Very cool. cool. Now who
3: played drums on? The track that we have. That's Carl, who's that's the Carl. drummer okay, from Michael Munro's band. Right, yeah. right. I got you. Okay,
5: cool. He used to also be in, um, oh, God, he was in some really funny progressive metal band. Oh, God, what are they called? Uh, it's not Stradivarius, I, but it's I, like I, one of those progressive metal bands. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
3: Stradivarius, aren't they? Yeah. Are they Jersey? They're, I they're don't right, know. It's yeah. just
5: one of them horrible. He was in yeah. just one of those horrible. I know
2: uh, the guy that um, Metal Asylum. Rich?
5: Yeah. That's like he his favorite them. band, Stradivarius. Yeah, definitely. yeah. It's like when you go on Blabbermouth, it's like... All's Everything it is, is Stradivarius. It's Stradivarius. The guy from Stradivarius farted and they'll like put a post up <laughs> yeah. about it. You know what
3: I mean? Cool. Well, we'd love to jam this song with you. If we can work it out, maybe we can do it, do it at the Gibson Studios. Yeah, and uh, hopefully we can make that happen
5: sometime soon. I got to get you guys some more Capricorn stuff because we, we did record three songs. Yeah, you know okay. what we should do is actually jam a couple was of one tunes. one for a download. Yeah. Like ah, if you bought okay. the 7-inch, you got. You but the, it's it.
3: not on iTunes yet, right? No. Uh-huh. Yeah, so... You're oh, we're keeping
5: it real. Keeping it real, right. We're keeping okay. it real. Cool.
3: Cool. We'll, cool. If somebody wanted to purchase Capricorn Music, is there a site or somewhere they can go? I, I
5: think through the Monster Magnet. What's, the 7-inch sold out, though, because we did a limited... I think it was a limited pressing of 1,000, and it sold yeah. out. Cool. So I'm sure if you go on, you know, BT Junkie or one of them sites, you could probably get it. And the Monster Magnet label,
3: is, that's run by, like, like Dave Wendorf? Yeah, Wendorf okay. does it. So have you had many Studio, encounters with him? Do you know him?
5: Called, oh, I've known Wendorf for years. Yeah. They actually, when Ed left the band, when Ed Mundell left the band, uh, right after making this new record, they had asked me to to take Ed's place, but I was... Uh,
3: and Ed is still playing with... A, he's Atomic Bitchwax, I, right? he bitch I, I, I don't know. Is he doing bitchwax anymore? I don't know. I don't know. We. Uh, I
5: know he's got some new band with Carmen a piece and ah, I forgot okay. what it was called. Hmm. Interesting, but uh, yeah, they'd asked me to to take Ed's place, but I had a, we had the tour with hey, Ace stuff. coming up, and I right. I I couldn't, you know, I couldn't commit.
2: I had a chance to meet Phil through you, which was great mm-hmm. uh, down at the uh, one of the Atlantic City shows right. that that we did. Yeah. And uh, he was a really cool guy. Uh, you know, we definitely should have Phil uh, up here at some point too. Yeah, on, you guys should get Windorf
5: up here too. Yeah, we've, we've had, had him Monster calling. In. Yeah, we've, we've had him calling, call but show, we've never
3: yeah. had him up. So let me ask both you guys. Actually, is there any plans for for like I know when we spoke with Ace on the phone, he he said possibly he was gonna, you know, maybe do. He seemed uncommitted about new music. He was talking about this this stuff from the Volts that might come out. Uh, do you guys think that there will be another? Ace record. I'm at some sure point. there's definitely going to be another Ace record at okay. some point.
5: Yeah, there's lots of talk, and 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 you know, hopefully, me and him are going to do some writing together.
3: But that hasn't happened as of yet. Not yet, uh-huh. Not yet,
5: okay. I think everybody's tried to get wanted to get through the holidays. Yeah, okay. he had Sprained his, you know, or he had fractured, he his, and fractured his, his, yeah. his wrist. Yeah, and we had to cancel the UK run, and yeah. and so I think everybody just kind of wanted to get through the holidays and his his hand and, to get better, and um, and we'll probably start, you know, next few weeks start talking. Yeah.
2: one of the cool things is like out in the road Todd you used to play me some of the cool tracks that you've been working on mm-hmm. some stuff that you've written the the f- specifically for the Ace Project and then just some of your other tunes and, and you've had some stuff there there were even some songs that you had that I know that you didn't want to use anymore but the stuff that I just thought was great like wow, just stuff right. in your in your you know repertoire <laughs> stuff that you've recorded and I just love to go over all those again because T- Todd would bring his uh, Mac computer uh, along with him on the road and he just had a ton of cool stuff on there but
5: yeah I mean I'm always Right, and I actually I I go through spurts where it's like you know for three or four months I'll write I'll write I'll write I'll write and um but now it's been you know I just did I've, I've, we were just talking it was like ninety songs or a hundred songs I've had to kind of go through in the past like three months because I had the Ace tour then I had a tour with Jesse of the UK um then I did this this three shows that was like a tribute to the Replacements because this documentary right. just that was very out. cool and um. And now I'm playing with Robert Gordon, uh, an older rockabilly artist. Tomorrow, right? Yeah, actually, BB King's tomorrow night. Okay. Um, and Thursday we're doing uh, it's like the Light of Day benefit down in Asbury. That's like the Thursday, Friday, side some Springsteen ah, okay. thing. Yeah. Um, and we're doing that Thursday, and you know, so I had to learn thirty of his songs, or like ten Presley tunes, and then twenty something of his songs. Man. I mean, so. it's
2: amazing. So you've like learned about a hundred songs, like in the last, last couple, couple of, months. of months. Yeah, that's that's unbelievable. So. And and you know, Todd, one of the things that I think is great about your guitar playing is you're just such a, a tight player. And uh, I I think that's one of the, you know people might ask how does this guy get to be in all these different bands, but th- that's why because you know what you're doing and you, and you go up there and you play tight. And one of the things I think is cool is if, when you're playing somebody else's solo, you're not trying to like reinvent the solo, uh, you know, on your own stuff, you do your own thing, but I, I like clean players who aren't trying to like, yeah. you know, you know, prove to everybody, you know, Oh, I'm such a great guitar player. I'm going to change it and make it my
5: thing. Yeah, you know, people people want to hear, you right. know what I mean? What they know, right. You know, there's, 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 you know, you could, you could put a little bit of your own thing in there, but you know, I don't like to stray too far from it.
2: Right. Um, you know what, Todd? One question I had, and I, the, some, I haven't been on, like, lots of rock and roll tours like you have have been on, but the, the thing that was really just such a great experience for me in 2000, uh, especially in 2011, was, was touring with you and touring with Ace. And uh, I wanted to ask you, what were some of your favorite memories from, from this whole year of playing with Ace?
5: Um...
2: Like some of the best shows I can, I can remember. I think
5: Cleveland was definitely, Cleveland was one of the best playing, you know, anytime playing New York for me uh-huh. with Ace is really special because this is my hometown. Right. And you know, there's always a lot of friends and family at the show. Um, so, you know, so for me to be able to, to play New York groove in my hometown with Ace freely, you know, the guy who I, whose posters I had on my wall as a little kid, you know, it really means a lot to me. Right. So obviously anytime I get to play New York, you know, Something about the Cleveland show, I don't know if it's just because it's such a blue-collar, rock-and-roll town, man. It was just—it was incredible. Yeah,
3: Yeah. I read a uh, review of that lot, somewhere online. Yeah, a lot of yeah. people said the Cleveland Show was yeah. one of the best.
2: Yeah. Uh, what were so, some of even just the fun times on tour? I can remember me, you, and Scotty Coogan, the drummer, um, in an outback steakhouse in Bozeman, Montana. Oh, I mean, my
5: God, that's right. You remember that? Yeah. <laughs>
2: uh, I just, there's such, you know, guys, uh, you talking about our listeners, listeners. Um, I had such a great time just out on the road. And it was a lot of hard work, too. I mean, being on the road is not, you know, all fun and games. I mean, for me, it was very hard. Uh, uh, but but there were just some great moments not to that, mention the crabs yeah yeah absolutely you know we i hope no, nobody in the band had that
1: but uh, although if you read i meant ace, i meant the crabs that you ordered at oh, outback steakhouse
3: there is a lot, yeah, a lot about books. crabs in no so yeah there is a lot about No shell so if you want
5: to
2: follow up on that pick up no regrets by ace rae it's a great
5: book Oh, yeah. thank you,
2: Todd. It's Thanks very book, much. Um, but yeah, I, some of the my my favorite moment, moments. I remember that Bozeman gig. I think uh, Johnny Sprague is one of the great guys that traveled with us. Has a great shot of you uh, at the sound check for that Montana show. That's the one
5: where I'm holding the can of Diet Dr Pepper. Yeah. Yeah.
2: So we'll post that on TalkingMetal.com dot right. com, uh, so people can cool. see it. But I, I, that Bozeman show was great. I'm trying to think of uh, d- two Detroit shows. There was the one with Alice Cooper. I thought that was a that cool was gig. an
5: amazing. Yeah, that was an amazing show. Um, yeah, Cooper's band was amazing. It was you know who who's I, playing with Alice
3: Cooper now? Do you guys
5: know? Like, yeah, it was uh, uh, Damon gig, right? Damon yeah. who's playing for Thin Lizzy now. That was like mm-hmm. his last gig. Uh Chuck Garrett, an old friend of mine from LA is playing. Did
2: he used to be in Quiet Riot too, Chuck Garrett. No, Chuck
5: oh. was in Dio's band at one oh, point. Oh, okay. That's that's right. Um that. Glenn Sobel's on drums. Um he's got uh, Steve Hunter, who was the original guitar player on Welcome to My Nightmare playing with him. Ah, uh, okay. Who used to play with Lou Reed also. Um Yeah, it was great. It was great. You know, any I, I really can't say I've really had a bad show mm-hmm. with what? Freely.
3: Well, I guess we're we're kind of wrapping things up here with Todd. So, what what song is your favorite to play live? You mentioned New York Groove. Are there any uh, others we could well, play to? Uh, you know, as an you outro know, what here? was
5: a lot of fun on this tour. Was uh, that I got to sing and play Flaming Youth? Flaming oh,
2: Youth. guys, that's what we got to talk about, Todd the The hit of the last, you know, group of shows, without a doubt, the one song that all the fans couldn't stop talking about was "Flaming Youth" and Todd Lean vocals. And what's pretty cool is that Ace would step aside and, and move like to the, you know, stage left or stage stage yeah. right, and and you would go and take over the center stage spot. And what I thought was even cool is you didn't just go over there and you know somebody would start the song. You went over and you talked to the crowd, and you got them pumped up, and uh, that, without a doubt, was the hit of the last. Ace run, wow! In my opinion, and, and I think in a lot of the fans' opinions Thank too. And you. and you guys really did a great job pulling the song off. It sounded great, and and you being on lead vocals was just this song. I never cool. think I heard Kiss play live. I, you know They did
5: it twice. It, really, once
2: in Jersey City,
5: right? Jersey City, and yeah. then Canada. And they, I, I, from what I heard, it was that Peter had problems playing it live, and that's why they pulled it. Ah. Wow! It was an encore song. That's they cool. would do it on the encore.
2: Yeah, and such a cool tune that there's. You're gonna show me the guitar part because there's, there's one part that I just, I can't figure out what exactly they're doing because I just can't hear the part. Well,
5: it's got to be a freely yeah. thing because it's some weird time like yeah. ace like, <laughs> you know, most musicians you count in fours, eights, you know what I mean. Ace is like three, five. <laughs> you know, it's he's, he's just completely. Oh. You know, yeah. It, it must be the 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 numerical system and from sp- Jindal. In Jindal, yeah, yeah. Yes, There spins. you go.
3: Okay. Well, on that note, why don't we? Uh, Get an City. ID from you, Todd, okay. uh, saying your name, okay. and you are listening to Talking Metal. And you're and we'll watching from, Talking Metal. And you're let's, watching yeah, Talking Metal. Let's do Metal. both. Okay. And then we will uh, check out a little right Flaming Youth camera. by KISS.
5: Hey, this is Todd Youth, and you're listening to Talking Metal.
2: Great. And now let's do a You're Watching Talking Metal, and you can look right into that camera.
5: Hey, this is Todd Youth, and you're watching Talking Metal.
1: And we're back with Talking Metal, Talking Metal, Talking Metal. I don't have my cans on.
3: Thanks, bud, friendly. Thanks for hooking up the interview with Todd Youth. That was a lot of fun. thanks to Todd Youth. What we just Uh, heard was Hatred. appreciate it. Hatred by Degeneration featuring Todd Youth, of course. So uh, that was great, and hopefully we're going to be jamming with him soon. We should jam the Capricorn... We should jam the Capricorn song, American Dream, and maybe something else if we can come up with something. Yeah. be nice to have two songs to yeah, bang do. out. And uh, that would be a good idea. Yeah, I think so too. And uh, I think when this is all packaged together, it'll make a nice TV show. Yeah. And I was thinking real quickly, maybe we could just set up some outro um, with what interviews have we done? Remember we did Triumph? we Didn't we talk yeah, to them yeah. about videos? We did Triumph, right. And we had Bumblefoot on stuff that yeah. we never aired. Uh, who else big have we shot interviews with? Mike Portnoy on Except his bus. Uh, Peter you know, Yeah, from we Except. never really used that, did we? Because um, um, Headbangers Ball passed on that. Uh, but um, you know, we got a lot
2: of stuff. You know, what, Mark, I think we can.
3: Hmm. Yeah, do
2: we want to try to set it up now? Yeah, I I
3: I'm going to I'm going to say we're going to end with some Triumph music cuz I think we should maybe include music videos in this pilot. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, why so, we even we'll say, like, we'll throw to the guys to tr- um from Triumph and then maybe end with one of their 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 videos. Okay. Does it sound good. Do you remember back in the day the US Festival?
2: I the US Festival in 1983 was one of the coolest Uh, coolest concerts up up until I'm going to take that over guys the U.S. Festival in 1983 was one of the coolest concerts I remember. Van Halen was there. Quiet Riot
3: was there. Uh, Ozzy was he Ozzy there? was there. Yes, Motley Crue was actually there. But on my, see, I used to watch it on my my Betamax, and it was like cool. it, I had it taped from a friend. It was dub a dub of a dub because wow. we didn't have MTV, we didn't have cable. But I had a dub of a dub on uh, Betamax of the U.S. Festival. Oh, on, that's now Motley cool. Crue had played, but we didn't. But they weren't on the MTV airing oh, of it. the show. It. And it was right, like three right. songs each. There was Quiet Riot. There was, uh, I think, uh, but who came after? Was it Priest or mm. Ozzy after? I don't, I don't know. But it was Priest, Ozzy, Quiet Riot, Triumph, Scorpions, wow. and, of course, Van Halen. I listened um, heavy to, Metal Day, the yeah, Us that's, Festival, that's 1983.
2: I listened to it on a boombox that was a, a radio slash boombox. It was a Panasonic uh, <laughs> boombox. And outside in front of the garage of the first house I, I ever uh, was in. And I don't know if I was hearing it live, like the, being broadcast on the radio or what. But I remember uh, listening to the Us Festival back in uh,
3: 1983. That was what, summer, 1983? Summer of 1983. And again, Triumph, one of the the great bands that were on the bill that day. We recently caught up with those guys in New York City and and uh, chatted a bit with them. So we're going to kind of do an outro here. We're going to check in with the guys from Triumph and we're going to get into some Triumph music here on Talking Metal. And uh again, there were there were always two great progressive hard rock bands, three pieces from Canada. Rush. One being Rush and the other, if you don't know Triumph, do yourself a favor and check out Triumph. And now let's check in with the guys from Triumph here on Talking Metal. Guys, thanks for watching.